Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast, a quick one-week hiatus as we set up kind of our off-season plan here. Brian Peller and hosting here with you, Max Escarpio, and we gave John the Veterans Day off as we tend to do here in the off-season. Uh, so the two of us are going to kind of guide us through today, but the rest of the off-season just to kind of give everyone a perspective of what we're looking for. Obviously, we typically do a lot of game stuff. Um, off-season pro football, I feel like we kind of become a little bit of everything podcast, really embrace that Seminole Rap atmosphere. Um, Talking football, especially right now, is mostly going to be former ath- former players, former athletes, uh, interesting people, and maybe analysts who kind of want to talk about the team, kind of a mix of that, and I think we've got a really good one. We're here with a former walk-on from Florida State. He was in the NFL for three years, so happy to have you on, Javion. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. Of course, and, and I, uh, Javion's here with us to kind of plug his YouTube channel, which he's, he's starting to grow now. Obviously, I think the biggest thing as part of that is your story from a walk-on to a starter at Florida State. Um, I, I guess I can kind of just generally start with what was that process like for you? What what was that journey like? Yeah, so coming out of high school, I didn't have any scholarship offers. Uh, really, I and because of that, I didn't think that I would ever play football again, you know, so I just kind of enrolled in the local community college in Panama City, Florida. And from then, my my dad presented me with and he introduced me to being a walk on. I never I never even heard of being a walk on. I never knew what it was. And um, I kind of had this long journey of. Going to three different schools before I even got to uh, Florida State, you know, simply because. I was just always chasing this dream of playing football. Um, 
didn't really have any guidance, man. So I just, you know, I transferred to a school in Oklahoma, uh, Northwestern Oklahoma State, NAIA school. No one's ever heard of it. And um, that didn't work out. I didn't play for them. So I went, that's when I transferred to Tallahassee Community College. And um, I just had to kind of go there to get my A degree. And that's when I was able to transfer to Florida State. So that's kind of like the, the background of before I got to Florida State. I, I guess, um, I, and then we can get to the football aspect of it in a bit. I guess, what's that like schooling-wise to try to get to Florida State? I think I think a lot of people just think like, oh, I, I tried to get on the team and so I just became a walk-on. Obviously, jumping schools and, and moving across the country a couple of times. What, how hard is that? It's tough because... I never really knew that I would be able to even go and play at Florida State. Like, obviously, it was an idea and it was a plan, but I kind of, you know, they were kind of like, there's this thing called the imposter syndrome, you know, where you just feel like you're not enough. and You feel like you can't do what you see in other people do. Like where I'm from, a lot of people don't go and play D1 or go and make it to the NFL. So I didn't have access to you know, tangible, like actually seeing people in front of me doing it. I just always seen them on TV. So it was kind of like a pipe dream, you know, and then, uh, you know, everything really happened once I got there as far as confidence. Before it was like, I'm good enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. I don't know. But once I got there and being around everyone with their mindset of being great, you have no choice but to kind of adapt in that environment. Go ahead. Speaking speaking of that confidence before even talking about the football, before even getting on the football field, where did you get that mentality of, of you had to make it or you were going to make it before? I mean, just kind of never giving up and going to the, all those colleges. Man, it's, it's it all started with just falling in love with the game of football, man. Playing that game since I was a little kid. And once it was kind of taken away from me after high school, and now it's like, my identity was tied into it. I kind of went into a depressive state, you know, not really knowing what was next. And then once that opportunity came again, it was like, I I have to take full advantage of this opportunity, man, because, you know, everyone isn't capable or isn't, doesn't have that opportunity to go and play college football. So it's like, man, for me to get this opportunity, I definitely got to make the most of it. And you mentioned, I guess your transfer into Florida State, were you planning to play football when you transferred in? Yeah, so so my first semester, my freshman year, when I was going to Gulf Coast State College and community college in Panama City, my dad had told me that I was going, that he had spoke with Florida State and they said they wouldn't mind if, because he showed them my highlights from high school and all of that, so they were like, yeah, you can walk on, but you have to get your AA degrees, which was in two years. So it's like, yeah, it sounds good, but it's like, that's two years from now. Like, yeah. So that's why I took the Oklahoma opportunity because um, one, it was right now and right then. And then two, it's like, you know, that's Florida State. You know, I always had this, I always idolized these D1 schools. And, you know, really that's why, I'm glad that I'm one on here telling my story and t- on this platform because everything that I'm doing now is to get people to believe that no matter how big or how 
grand their, their dreams are, you know, you know, don't sell themselves short, man. Put yourself out there and go chase it. Yeah, and that YouTube channel is is kind of where you're heading now. It, that's uh, in case anyone's out there looking for it and curious. It's uh, your name, Javian Elliott, uh, J A V I E N space E L L I O T T. Inspiration for all the underdogs, former FSU walk on to the NFL. A lot of your videos there are kind of about that going from a walk on to a starter process. So you get to campus and and you you are a walk on. Are you scout team first? Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, you scout. To, well, actually, during the spring, during the spring, it's kind of like open competition, right? So you might have like first string, second string, third string, or even fourth string, you know, regardless. But it's not, it's really like, here's your proving ground. And as well as fall camp, scout team is more like once the season starts and, you know, you're preparing to play for the next opponent. So, you know, the scout team is giving that look. But during the spring, it's like open season, you know, so that's kind of how I started to make a name for myself because you're going against pretty much anyone. What was, what was that pressure like going into it with, with other walk-ons going in? And I mean, Florida state was, was fresh off a national championship. They were a, a powerhouse team in college football. So, I mean, going in as a walk-on you're, you're on the bottom of the roster basically going in. So what was that pressure like knowing that you had to do it? Yeah, it, the pressure was only within me. Like, it was like, I, it was almost having to believe in myself, right? Because once I started to get a feel for the, for the locker room, and once I started to get a feel for how it was playing on the field, um, the, mo- the more comfortable I got. Like, but before leading up to it, you know, you start with fourth quarters, you know, you don't just, well, in my, my process, I didn't just start on the practice field day one we started with fourth quarter drills. So that's like, you know, they trying to, they trying to see who's mentally tough enough to survive. They're trying to break you, you know, they trying to, that's going to prepare you. That's like an initiation almost. It's like, man, if you can get through this, you can do anything. So that built my confidence up before even playing a snap on a practice field. And then seeing not only the other walk-ons, but the scholarship players, it's like, we're doing we're doing athletic drills, agility drills, sprinting, and all that stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm just as fast as him. I'm I'm just as strong as this guy. Like, and he's the number, he's a five star. And I'm doesn't mean he's not good, but it's like, wow, like we're the same, you know. And once I kind of got that mindset, I just continued to grow, continue to grow that confidence. Did you have a day that was the toughest when when you were trying to go through that process, where you were like, I'm not sure I'm going to make this. It actually happened not not so much. Well, yeah, fourth quarters for sure. Like fourth quarters, <laughs> like people would rather people would, and I'm not being funny. People would rather go to jail for 30 days than do fourth quarters, like because that's how brutal it was. But at the end of the day, that's why because it's 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 under the Nick Saban tree, you know. Uh, that's what Jimbo is, and that's that's why Alabama is so successful. That's why Florida State was so successful because the limits that were that we were pushed to but when i when i had that moment of almost giving up it was after my first full year and i remember like during fall camp you know i just could it's just like i couldn't i couldn't make a play for nothing you know i'm getting beat you know i i'm having long days and i literally i was just telling one of my teammates ronald darby and i was just like man like I'm about to quit. And I literally told him that, like, verbatim, like, man, I don't know if this for me, man. And 
you know, we talked and he just kind of like encouraged me to keep going, man. And, but that was my, that was my time when I almost quit. I remember taking a knee on the practice field, like nothing could go right, you know? So that was one of my moments. And going into it, you were basically an offensive player. That's what you played in high school. That's what you were planning on doing. I mean, running back receiver. Mm-hmm. What was that like when they told you you had to move to, to DB and kind of change your, your mindset completely on the football field? Yeah, so I had played DB in high school, but it wasn't a passion of mine. You know, like I, I'm a football player, so I love just playing football. But when they told me that, it was like, bro, like I couldn't believe it because I'm like, Everything every time I envision myself playing football at Florida State, I envision myself scoring big touchdowns, you know, catching, catching, like I said, I always refer to Rashad Green. I used to love watching his highlights, you know. So I, I always wanted to be like him. But then when they told me that I had to go and play DB, it was like at first I was a little salty about it, but then it was like, hey, you ain't got no choice. Like, what you gonna do? Like quit, like just you know, you here. So and uh, first day, man, first day of practice, I had got a pick six in practice. And that's when I knew, like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, and that's, you know, I just, I just had, I always had these signs. Did you, so we've talked a lot about the struggle, I guess. What was the moment when you realized, like, hey, like when they called you in and said, hey, look, you're going to start or, or we're bringing you up. Where, where were you? What was that like? Who, who brought you in? I guess, what's that like? Uh, when I was going to start my first game. Sure. When you they were taking you off the scout team or any of that kind of stuff. Okay, so well, I guess when you felt like you made it, the, the moment they were they were like, "Hey, look, you know what? We're we're crowning you. You've done enough. You you finished the work. We're, you're ready." You know, one of the biggest things that I was taught at Florida State was to never feel like you made it. To never feel like you arrived. That's exactly what they used to tell me because being a walk on and separating myself not only from other walk ons but from scholarship players. It, it was easy to get comfortable and feel like you've done enough because no other walk-on is doing what you're doing. So it's like my coach is always coach Kelly, the D coordinator who's at Colorado. Now he always told me to never get comfortable. You never arrived. But the moment you're talking about was when we played against Louisville and this happened during mid game because all season he would tell me like, Hey, be ready, stay ready. You know, we're going to put you in. You know, Miami game, hey, you're going to get in, and it never happened. And then Louisville, when we played Louisville, it wasn't – I didn't have no couple days to prepare for it. Like, all right, I'm going to start this week. No, it was like, you going in, next drive. Like, next time we go on defense, you're going in. And that's how it happened. That was my moment. And, you know, who like what, the first drive, maybe the second drive, a few plays in, I got my interception in that game, and – and then I never looked back. And then the official time that I started was the next game against Georgia Tech. We didn't know leading up to that game either. It literally was like maybe like two days before the game because we were splitting reps. They were rotating us to see who would start that week. But they never like told me, hey, you're going to start this week. Not until like maybe the day before the game or something like that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Max, it looked like you had a question, but I, I'll follow up real quick here. That, that timeline, Louisville, is that a Lamar Jackson? Yep. yep. There you go. That one feels good. Yep. Um, Lamar Jackson. So, so was there anything when, when you go in, you looked up and you were like, oh, this guy is – you know, I've got to make sure reads and cues and, and watching him as he runs and those sorts of things. Or what, what did you see that got you the pick on the first play or your first your first chance out there? Man, I was really just focused on doing everything that I did that got me to that point. You know, I, that's everything that I worked for. You know, I didn't you know, when I got on that field, I wasn't thinking about. Who these players were, it was like, OK, what did we do this week in practice? Like I because. It takes a lot of trust for a coach to put a walk on in the game when it's not like the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, you know? So I have to prove that everything that I showed them, this is my time to show that it can translate to the game. So it was really more about me and doing my job the right way versus worried about who was on the other side of the field. Yeah. I want to talk about your emotions too, after that game, after like, you get that first pick against Louisville or even you start that game against Georgia Tech. What are you thinking after that game and like how high are you right there in emotion and like your parents calling you or just coaches like patting you on the back and things like that? Man, look, if you go and watch that play of when I caught that interception, you can see how excited my teammates were for me because they did not let me get off the ground. The whole defense came and they like, you would have thought I was getting jumped. <laughs> like, like I'm telling you, like, they were so happy for me. It's like, I just wanted to get up and run to the sideline. But it's like, no, like, that was, that was like the perfect moment of showing how our culture was as a locker room and as a brotherhood. And uh, obviously, because it was during the game, I had to just, like, get over that high and keep playing. But after the game, you know, you just started – it's – you start you start getting recognized a little more. You start getting interviews more. You start, you know, and it's just like you almost can't get too comfortable by living in that moment, but you also have to appreciate it. Like, like this is like this is what I came here for. This is like it all it all paid off, even though it's during the middle of the season. Yeah, just sit there and smile, but keep working. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Enjoy it. You uh, would you say that that interception, everyone piling, is that your favorite memory on and off the field, Florida State wise? Is there is there anything else that that comes to that? Uh, on the field, definitely the interception is definitely my top moment because, man, you just like those don't come. You they don't come often, and for me, like you can catch a hundred picks in practice and go to season and not catch a pick during the season. So it's like this happened during the game. That was definitely like my the key moment in my Florida State career. Obviously, I had other moments too where, you know, creating forced fumbles and making 
you know, like PBUs, but it's nothing like that, that, that moment when I caught that interception. I'm sure you won't call it your I made it moment, but it certainly feels like that's that's kind of where you were there. One more, and I'll keep moving closer towards your, your YouTube channel and, and let you plug in those uh, the tips and things you've got there. A lot of great stuff. Again, it's uh, JV and Elliot on YouTube. Um, so you get to NFL, you're a UDFA, undrafted free agent. Did you feel like I've been here before? I can do this? Is, is that what helped you in that process? A thousand percent, man. When I tell you Florida State, at that time, and I feel like that's where they're kind of headed towards now. It was ran like an NFL program. Like it was a, it was like a clean transition because everything that we did now, mind you, the defenses might not be the same, but as far as like detailed, you know, meet how the meetings are ran, everything, everything you can think of, that's how Florida, Florida State literally was ran like an NFL program. And that's that helped me out a lot. Did you have options did you, as a UDFA? Did you get, you know, did you have like a, hey, it's the Bucks are calling, the, the Seahawks are calling, anything like that? Did you want the Bucks? Or is it just kind of how it felt? Man, I was actually, so how that, I didn't have options. I didn't have options. Really, I was working out, training at home, not having a job. And literally in the middle of me working out by myself, I get a phone call from a Pittsburgh number and I had rookie mini camp at Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I didn't uh, make it. So during that time of me just training, I get that phone call. And so I'm thinking the Steelers are calling me back, but it's the bucking, it's the bucks. And they're like, Hey, we want to bring you in for a workout, but there's no flights from Panama city to Tampa tonight. So I'm like, you don't even worry about it. Like I'm on the road right now. Like I drop everything I'm doing tell my family like hey I'm going to Tampa right now we got to work out in the morning and that was how I got with the Bucks. yeah and I know they called you after too because there was two guys or there was a couple guys that they were looking at for that option they called you when you had already left Tampa what was that like when you got that phone call man so yeah so yeah so what you're referring to is when I had the workout and they told me that it came down between me and this other guy, but he had like a higher college grade from football, football wise, a higher college grade. So, you know, and it was down to the wire. So I'm driving, I'm leaving Tampa. I'm like 30, 45 minutes away. And, you know, they're like, Hey man, I hope you're still around. The guy failed his physical and, you know, we would love to have you come back. So I'm like, shoot, you know, that any, any person in any right mind wouldn't turn that down like that, you know? So, and from that moment, I never, I played with Tampa for three years and, you know, I, that's when I played. I went to Carolina after that. It was just like, if that didn't happen, I, I wouldn't, I would have never got my shot. You eventually, like you mentioned, Tampa, Carolina, Calgary. I see some videos on your YouTube channel about Calgary. So I'll eventually get there. And I, I'm just going to ask, I'll, I'll just go eventually to life from the Gulf coast up to Canada. Um, mm-hmm. But I want I want to take it to your channel now. You've got on here tips for college football walk-ons. How you went from a walk-on FSU then the NFL. Uh, do you see a lot of guys um, being able to make that kind of of leap you did in, in these uh, NIL transfer portal type world like it is today? Do you do you see that it's still as possible like you did? It's possible, but it's only if they have the right mindset because. 
if you're someone who's looking as a, from my path as a walk on, if you're looking for the NILs, if you're looking for the things that come with playing to playing college football at a high level, that's it's not going to come often as a walk on. So if you're transferring from school to school, can it happen? Yes, but it's something about staying in, you know, one, maybe two spots where you're proving to the coaches your worth. Because if you go to one school and then you transfer to the next, you having to introduce yourself to new coaching staffs every year and you're putting yourself against odds as a walk on. Like the odds are already slim to none, you know, to get a scholarship is one thing, but to actually get a scholarship start and play like that's now if you that's that's kind of tough unless you're a guy who has offers like you are already a four star and you just chose to walk on at this school like that's different but you know for somebody who didn't who didn't have anything to go and prove yourself i i definitely don't advise jumping in the transfer portal a lot yeah if i can ask you one of those guys that walked on got the starting job did great in the starting job not here anymore. He's at Kansas State, but Trayshawn Ward. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, he he did what you just talked about right now, and he did it successfully. Yeah, yeah, and I wish him nothing but the best, man. Honestly, I think I think he has some offers too. I think he has some offers uh, coming out of high school. So his situation is different. He's he's already established in some form, right? So someone like him can do that, you know. And he has that. He has that. Um, college football experience under his belt starting in games. But if you're just a walk-on who, uh, these coaches not liking me, let me go walk on somewhere else. It's going to be tough anywhere you go, you know? So uh, best of luck with him, you know, with uh, Treshawn. I don't think he's wrong. I I don't know his situation, so I'm not going to say he shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I think he's a great player. I think where, where is he going now? Where is he? Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas, I think he'll ball out out there, you know, so, you know. You uh, you mentioned on here, again, tips for college football walk-ons. If someone listening maybe has a son, a nephew, a cousin, uh, a, a whatever, what what is the advice? What, kind of what are your – and, I, again, I recommend it. It's a 10-minute video, so you've got a lot of, of good advice in there. I guess what are, what are the quick little notes or, or, or one or two things you think people need to uh, know to kind of push them to go ahead and check out that video? Well, for them to go and check out the video, I think <laughs> definitely help inspire people who are going down the same path as me. Like, I feel like if you're someone who is an underdog, you're underrated, you feel like you're being counted out or you're constantly being doubted or on an uphill battle, that's that's what this platform is about. You know, I, I have a lot more content on TikTok. That's where the big following, the bigger following is, but the YouTube is the long form content. So that, you know, and really is me sharing my experience, not, not my experience, but the lessons that I've learned through my experience as a walk-on that made it to an end up to the, to, to playing, not only playing in the NFL, but starting being a starting defensive back in the NFL. So honestly, it's really about me just, helping out the younger generation, the younger athletes in any way possible by giving them advice. 
And that TikTok, if you're interested, is at J-V-N Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T. Um, yeah. In that, the, it seems like you've got a lot. You're, you're kind of growing. Why is it important to you to kind of get your story out there? And, and I guess, why are you trying to help that next generation? Well, it's, it's a few reasons why. Um, one is, if you remember me earlier talking about me not not being able to play football i went into like a depression depressive state and honestly one of the things that i want to do is make an impact on these athletes because it's more than football like it's not about my story it is but it's like okay how can my story help out the younger generation how like one of the things that I talk about is like football is what you do and not who you are. And I feel like a lot of athletes who play football, once it gets taken away from them, like we lose ourselves. So I really like, that's just one gem. That's just one thing that I, that I want people to understand. And that's going to be multiple. It's, and that's, you know, I'm going to be talking about a lot, man. Football is, you know, the ups, the downs, you know, the trials, everything, and, and also giving them tips on how they can separate themselves as football players. I'd love to have you on again sometime this spring and kind of go over that mentality aspect, the mental, the, the, the like you're talking about life after football, or you felt like you maybe already had life after football. I, I'd love to go kind of further into that. Are you still um, trying to play or are you still playing in Canada? Um, I'm a free agent now. I was just there. I had got injured. Um, but I'm, I'm back here. I'm back a hundred percent now. So technically I still have this NFL window of me not playing in the COVID season was what set me back. Yeah. So that's why I went up there. And then, um, but I was able to play in like the last five games. So I'm back healthy now. Got some recent film. So really it's just about, uh, you know, whatever door opens next. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get that chance. A couple of uh, rapid fire questions here before, before I get you out. The two of them on, behind you, you got two jerseys on the wall. For those of you at home who maybe can't see them, uh, one over his his right shoulder, our left. Uh, white jersey, got the, the garnet and gold shoulders, and then the other side is like a black jersey. Why mm-hmm. those two jerseys? Anything spe- special, specific with those two? Uh, well, one of them is, well, there is significance to them. Uh, but it, it just so happens that they're right here. That one, the white one is the Rose Bowl one that I didn't play in. I was there my first year. I was ineligible and we went to the Rose Bowl and got smacked by Oregon. And, uh, <laughs> but that, that says a lot because that year was a really uh, emotional, a pivotal year in my career, not only at Florida State, but in my life that you know, I learned a lot of lessons from being ineligible, and that was that year. And then the black one, uh, we played Jimbo actually let us wear. It's not like how they are now where they can wear any <laughs> uniforms. When we was playing with Jimbo, man, we only could wear two uniforms, and he let us wear the black ones against uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga for, like, the first time in, like, 10 years. So, you know, I, we was able to take those home. So, you know, it's it was a little bit more – value to the black jerseys than now (laughs) (laughs) uh max you got anything else before i start just throwing random things at him 
I wanted to ask you actually about Jimbo, what, what your thoughts are. Cause I mean, obviously he's had a lot of the spotlight on him in the past year. So what are your thoughts on what he's doing right now out of Florida state? Uh, for Jimbo? Yeah. Uh, or at Texas A&M? Yes. Okay. Uh, I haven't really kept up with Jimbo, but here's one thing about, I know like Jimbo is a great coach. Jimbo helped me grow tremendously mentally. He, he, took my limited thinking, you know, with his motivational thinking, his inspiration that he came in during those team meetings. And that's when he really inspired me to grow and become the best version of myself and being great. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough, you know, this year, Hey, it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of teams out there, you know, transfer portal, NIL, the, the, the playing fields, they're not as level right now. So, you know, Hopefully he'll be able to get into the college uh, football playoffs and make some make some noise out there uh, since they're expanding it to what twelve teams now. I think I think that I'm not sure if that starts this year or next year. I know they're still negotiating that 2024. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah oh, okay. Right. The the pressure definitely ratcheted up as A and M seems to spill money everywhere and anywhere they can. Uh, well, let's hope Florida State makes it before them, right? Oh, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand percent. I personally, man. I, I haven't watched Texas A&M like that to know how good they are, but, man, Florida State, they're making some noise right now. So they, they got a long way to go, but they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, when you look at this program, I mean, obviously you you mentioned it earlier. You you started in Florida State at the top of the mountain. Uh, obviously they took kind of the slide down to uh, bottoming out, but it, it certainly feels like they are climbing. And I think one thing that's going to come up a lot this offseason in, in our conversations and, and interviews with other people and things is going to be pressure um, mm-hmm. from, from the climb last year. I think we talked about it a lot. Seven wins was kind of a hope, maybe eight. They end up with 10. And, and it seems like anybody and everybody out there has them number three, number four, number five in way too early preseason ranking type stuff. They're going to have a spotlight on them. How much harder is that? It depends on if they're if they're letting that get to them. You know, I feel like teams like that, they they should it should be easy for them to block that type of noise out because they know what it's like when no one's talking about them and they know who's really for them and the only people that are for them, they know. You know, because they they seen all the down, they seen the media, certain media outlets talking down on them and, you know, d- doubting them. You know, it just depends. Like if they're constantly looking to see who's talking about them and, you know, who's who's shining the light on them, then, yeah, they might get to them. But if and I don't think that's the type of program they have. I really think they have um, a great coaching staff, a great culture. And, I, and that's coming from someone who hasn't even been in that locker room to witness it. But on the outside looking in, you can tell when a team is fighting for each other and when they're building something special in there. Are those expectations something that they actually – I mean, because I know a lot of players say that they don't even focus on the media. They don't focus on anything that's, that's coming out, even the, those articles, those interviews. Is that something, that number four in the nation, something you talk about in the locker room? It, it can be spoken. It can be talked about. Yeah, it can be talked about. But it's like it's it's not gonna be like a a thing. You know, you might be like, "Dang, like they got us at number four. 
Like you know, you know, you might be happy, or you might feel like, shoot, we got we got more work, we got more to prove. It's all about their mindset. Uh, but yeah, you you obviously, I'm not gonna sit here and say no. We never talk about it. Like no, you talk about it. It's just that's that's probably some of the the coaches probably tell you guys like don't even worry about that or yeah, don't even yeah don't, yeah don't even worry about it. You know, because you can be you can be ranked as number one. You know, but. It's all it's on y'all to hold it up. Yeah, I wonder how much of that I was going to ask, and Max kind of did the the impossibility of blocking out the noise. You mentioned it, but I mean, everybody's got that uncle who just sends a text like, "Hey, y'all going to whoop Clemson this week?" You know that text yeah. is coming through. <laughs> yeah, those texts come through. Like, man, look what they said about you on Twitter. Like, yeah, like those things come through, and it's like, all right, like I like I, I don't even have a Twitter, but doing you know. When things like that happen, it's just like you you entertain it. Or if they're doing too much, you let them know, like, hey, I appreciate it if, you know, you just didn't send me that kind of stuff. It just depends on a relationship. But, yeah, no, nah, it's not, you know, because it'll, it'll weigh you down. It can weigh you down. No no Twitter, but you do have the TikTok, again, at JVN Elliott. JVN Elliott uh, is the name. And then, again, on YouTube, JVN Elliott there as well talking through his journey from a walk-on up to the NFL through Florida State and, and beyond, the mentality that takes and, and so much more. I really appreciate the time. And, I, I you know, I, we could talk to you again for, like I said, another probably 30 minutes again later this <laughs> this spring. I'd love to get into more of the mentality and what that takes for this uh, for a program and all that stuff. Hopefully you do get that call soon, like you said, with the tape coming out. Yeah. Uh, from your from your CFL. Let's get him. Let's get him back in the league. You know, let's get him in there. Sure. For sure. Most definitely. I appreciate you guys. And, you know, definitely would be happy to get back on the show with you guys. Talk about whatever, man. Cool. Thank you, Javian. And then again, guys, we will uh, try to be back around next weekend. We're going to keep trying to line up interesting interviews, FSU players, athletes, coaches, whoever we can find, interesting analysts, anybody who wants to break down the program, we'll let them. And like I said, we're probably going to be talking a lot about pressure, high rankings, and exposure. So until then, Brian Peller and Max Escarpio, Javian Elliott, that's a wrap.